Co-writing is a very strange thing, because sometimes when you're sitting down with people in a room to write, it can feel like the room is on fire, and you're coming up with the most amazing ideas, and the song that you've written is the best song that you've ever written in your life, and that you could have never written on your own. And other times in a session, you're writing with people, and no one's really feeling it, and it's kind of boring and troublesome, and the song just does not turn out as well as you hoped it would. Welcome to Everyone's Special and No One Is, a podcast about obscure, misunderstood, and or controversial topics related to music. My name is Martin Chazella, and if you can hear the birds chirping in this episode, that is because it just stopped raining. The birds are outside my window. My window is closed, but (laughs) I can't tell if it's getting into the microphone or not. Um, But if we just wait for like five seconds, maybe you can hear. You hear the birds? No? Anyway, (laughs) Um, this is another episode in the series where I talk about my life and my journey throughout music. And this is picking up from the episode last week when I just had this big, dramatic conversation with my friend Autumn about songwriting. And she convinced me that co-writing is extremely important. And more so that it's actually not necessary to spend hundreds of hours writing individual songs. And just like, like I thought that was necessary. That was how I wrote my songs. I wanted everything to be totally perfect and 100% thought out and very methodical and very based on just like all of these super scientific things like melodic math and lyrical parameters and rhymes and scansion and everything and such and so. But she convinced me that you can actually do both. You can write songs quickly and you can write them in a manner that is thoughtful and deliberate. So I was totally convinced that co-writing is the way to go for all of those reasons discussed in that episode. I'm not just going to repeat the entirety of that episode, but I just wanted to provide a very brief recap. Previously seen on Martin's podcast. I don't know. I don't... (laughs) What is happening? Um, Yes, I have had quite a week. Um, This last week has been a lot. But anyway, getting into the topic of this episode, which is, okay, so I've just had this conversation with Autumn. I'm starting getting into co-writing, and I kind of just like dived into it head first. It was like, okay, well, this is clearly correct. I need to change the way I view songwriting, and I need to just go and co-write as much as I possibly can. So... I'm going to talk generally about co-writing in this episode. Um, I, as opposed to the previous episodes where they have definitely like a clear like beginning, middle, and end. This episode is going to be a little bit more general. Um, I hope that doesn't mean that it's going to be boring because I promise there's still like interesting stories interwoven in between there. But enough said. Um, I found opportunities for co-writing in my songwriting classes in the Belmont University Songwriters Association, also known as BUSA, um, that was the acronym, um, at the Nashville Songwriters Association International. Um, <laughs> that is a long name, but it's NSAI, and it's one of the most like reputable and like 
dedicated organizations to helping songwriters get to where they want to go and also to educating the songwriters and educating musicians and they were really big in lobbying Congress to pass the Music Modernization Act. Um, so anyway, all of these were different ways that I was able to connect with co-writers. And the, the easiest way by far was just like running into people that I knew and being like, hey, we should co-write sometime. Or sometimes other people would come up to me and be like, hey, we should co-write sometime. And it's just wild because... It was a place in my life, it was a point, not just in my life, but all of the people going to Belmont at the time, it was like, you know, we're all trying to do the thing, we're all trying to make music and get experience, and nobody really has any experience so far, you know, obviously we've all spent so much time practicing all our instruments and writing songs on our own. But I feel like in terms of co-writing, there were very few people that went to Belmont already with a plethora of co-writing experience. And for most of us, it was just like, this is a very new thing that we're going to just try out and experiment and do together. So it was very, very easy just to ask anyone, you know, it's like, oh, you find out they're a musician and they write songs. Oh, do you want to co-write sometime? Like, it's the easiest thing. <laughs> and, you know, since then, I've definitely gotten a little bit of a taste of, oh, well, in the real world, you know, outside of going to Belmont University, um, <laughs> you can't just ask anyone to co-write because if you, if, if you, for all practical purposes, are like just starting out and they are like established they've written songs that have gotten cut by artists and they've been doing this for a long time like they're not going to just say yes to anyone who asks them to co-write obviously and even like not including those dramatic differences as someone who's completely new to it compared to like seasoned veterans even within people who are more or less on the same field like in the real world i feel like there are still there's still a big, like, a lot of reasons why somebody would not want to co-write with somebody else. But I guess I'm just saying that in comparison, my first experience with co-writing at Belmont University, where everyone is just trying to do it and willing to do it as much as possible, for the most part, like, that was a very exciting, very creative, very opportunistic environment to be in. And I really benefited from that. Um, we were required to co-write in songwriting classes on occasion, like they would pair us into groups. Um, and then I also got together with students in my songwriting classes just outside of class. It's like, hey, you write good songs. I've heard your songs in class. Let's do that. And my favorite thing was when the Belmont University Songwriters Association, they had this um, like monthly member co-write connection thing, which was actually spearheaded by my friend Kate Cosentino, who was the president of the Songwriters Association at the time. She thought it would be really cool to have that, just this organized, consistent monthly thing where they just pair people for co-writing sessions, which is great and a great way to get experience. So anyway, so I, I kind of just, I jumped at all of these opportunities. And Honestly, I really liked it. I really liked co-writing. It was a lot of fun to just sit down in a room with someone for like two to three hours and just write a song together. Like that is something that I had never experienced before, but just getting to do it and 
being so amazed by the level of talent and the creative ideas coming out of the people that I was working with. It was like, this is very cool. This is very fun. And I am actually really into it, despite how opposed I was to it before. Because remember before, I was like, if I ever wrote a song in that little time, then it would be not a good song. It would be bad. It would be low quality because I would have to compromise on my creative vision. But... Then I start actually sitting down in rooms with people and working on songs together, and it's like, oh, these are still good songs. <laughs> I can't believe that was my mindset beforehand. No, not every song turns out to be amazing, but overall, I was very impressed by what we were able to come up with in a short amount of time. So, overall, I went from this attitude of the songs that I write by myself, the songs that I spend between about 80 and 200, sometimes 300 hours writing, like those are the songs that are the most, that are the best and everything else, anything that I do or I spend just like, you know, 10 to 20 hours on a song or even shorter than that is obviously not good. So I went from thinking that all of the songs that I write on my own are really good, and anytime I'm in a co-writing session, it's kind of like we're compromising the value of the song. I went from that to, oh, the times when I'm co-writing, that's when we're coming up with the best ideas, and that's when the songs are turning out really, really good. And it swapped to the point where even when I would write songs on my own, I would just not feel like they were as good of songs anymore. So it's like the the writing on my own is like the side hustle, the, the thing that's a little bit less serious. And then writing with other people is where it's at. That's where it's like, it really has the potential to write a song that is going to go somewhere in my mind. So literally just to illustrate that, um, before I talked with Autumn, before Autumn convinced me that I should co-write, every single song that I had released on Spotify, I had written the melody and lyrics all by myself. Even the collaborations with producers where they wrote the track independently, I wrote the melody and lyrics by myself, and those were the only songs that I was proud enough to record, produce, and release on Spotify. But after talking with Autumn, all literally all of the songs that I've released on Spotify have been collaborations, <laughs> have been um, situations in which I did not, re- I was not responsible for writing the whole thing. So I think that's a pretty clear, <laughs> just a pretty clear example of how my views towards co-writing have changed. So later in this episode, I am going to talk more generally about how co-writing influenced my own creative process and my opinion of my own skills and strengths when it comes to songwriting in general. But before I get into that, I'd like to just talk about some specific examples of just like little co-writing stories that are worth sharing. So... One of the first times that I signed up for the uh, for the Songwriter Connection or Co-Writer Connection program at the Songwriters Association, um, I got paired with somebody who I didn't know. Um, he was an audio engineering major um, and really, really talented at guitar. And he suggested that we actually, you know, as opposed to before that, most of my co-writing sessions had been in just the practice rooms in the basement of one of the school buildings at Belmont, where it's just like, you know, like a little tiny room with a piano and a bench. Um, As opposed to doing that, he wanted to co-write 
in a gazebo. And I was down. It's like, sure, let's go into the one of these little gazebos at night and with all the all the string lights strung up, casting this soft glow against each other's faces. And he had his guitar and I was just sitting there working on coming up with lyrics and melody ideas. And it was just very nice and it was very pleasant and very relaxing and almost romantic in a very platonic way. <laughs> if that makes any sense. It was the most romantically platonic experience I had, I would say. And the song we wrote together that night was, we called it From Here On Out, and I will play you just a little clip of it for your enjoyment. I don't eat sleep when all my dreams Standing right in front of me You're my energy You're my saving grace When you're next to me You're my strength So I really, really like this song, and although this song in particular, nothing really happened with it, it wasn't released or anything, um, we ended up co-writing together a few more times, and Another song that we wrote together, I actually um, got it produced and released it on my EP. That song is called Used to This, and it features Cameron, who co-wrote the song with me, also singing and playing guitar. You can go listen to that on my Spotify if you want. Um, And another co-writing story, uh, a comparatively less pleasant experience, um, when I was at one of the events at the Nashville Songwriters Association, I met a woman who was like very prolific. Um, she had recorded and released like so many albums on her uh, Spotify account, and I was just like like very impressed by that. Her style was not exactly like cohesive with my style. I feel like, and she was also quite a bit older than me. Me being at the time, I think. 19 or 20 years old, and she was in her late 20s. Anyway, um, we scheduled a co-writing session. We had it in the Nashville Songwriters building, and we just got together. Um, we had the instruments there, and I had my computer, and um, I played her a track, and we tried to like top-line ideas over the track, and An idea she had for the lyrics was, oh, we could write it about a friends with benefits relationship, where one person is kind of like wishy-washy and the other person wants it to be more serious than just a friends with benefits relationship. And this was a very awkward song topic for me to write about because I had absolutely no grasp on relating to that in any way. (laughs) Um... And uh, the song is called Love at Night. Unfortunately, I don't have an audio clip because we never actually finished it, but I do have the chorus lyrics, which I am going to read to you right now. So here are the lyrics to an unfinished song called Love at Night. It was in my head. We're not even friends. You want my body, but you don't really want my mind. It was in my head. This was a dead end. You've played your games with me for the last time. But I don't just want to love at night. 
very very cringy i don't think she was really into the song or enjoying the time that we had in the room together which is why she left partway through she just was like oh well i have this thing and i gotta go but yeah we'll we'll meet up and we'll work on the song later we can send ideas back and forth or whatever she ghosted me she stopped responding to my texts <laughs> so on one hand i had with another belmont student this amazing romantic platonic experience in a gazebo writing this song together that i really liked and then you know on the flip side there were times like this where it was literally a very awkward experience the whole time and then ended up just i never talked to this person again although i might have seen her at another nashville songwriters event but it was <laughs> would have been just like a oh hey hello hi and then that's it kind of a thing anyway um another songwriting experience that i'd like to talk about was that um i actually i ended up at another event through the nashville songwriters association meeting a belmont student so as opposed to that other time when i met somebody who was quite a bit older than me i wrote another belmont student who also happened to be attending and we ended up just being like, yeah, so, okay, cool, let's co-write. So we got together to co-write. Um, we went into a practice room with a piano. Um, I showed her a few uh, tracks on my computer um, that were produced by Mitchell Prisby, who's a very talented producer that I knew back from Minnesota. And the whole thing was like, we wanted to write a song that wasn't just acoustic or country or singer-songwriter. We wanted to write a pop song. So the tracks that I was showing her were definitely leaning into the pop electronic vibe. And she really liked, really, really liked one of the tracks in particular that I showed her. So it was just an instrumental, you know, about two to three minutes of an instrumental track. But we we wrote it together. It took um, about the full three hours that we had scheduled the co-writing session for, and we both really, really liked it. And later we got it recorded, and I mixed it and released it on my Spotify with her as a featured artist. So here is a little clip of the song Spirit, which we wrote together. This must be a total eclipse. I can see what I've missed Don't need someone I can kiss This fix is it So me and Jana, we ended up having quite a few more co-writing sessions together, and pretty much every time we got together, we wrote a song that we ended up both really liking and also released. And we also just became friends, like human to human. We realized that we really connected and had a lot of similarities, which is nice. And that's why Jana has been a guest on this podcast two times already to talk about the Grammys. So I just, I really, really like the way that Co-writing is such a good way to get to know somebody because you go from zero to a hundred like in two seconds because you go from just, oh, like randomly meeting this person, in our case it was at a networking event, to then getting together, scheduling three hours together, one-on-one, -on -one, in a room, <laughs> by yourselves, and... It's just, and, and you have to be creative together. You have to come up with ideas and be vulnerable. And, and it's, yeah, it, it's, it's a really great way to 
to meet a lot of people and to learn the kinds of people that you vibe with and the kinds of people that you don't vibe with. And it is a really, really great way to make friends, um, in my opinion. But um, I, I do also have some examples of co-writing with like songs that are intended for comedy or laughter or humor. Um, but those stories, I'm saving them for a future episode talking more specifically about me writing comedy songs. Um, but just know that those, those stories are going to be saved for a future episode. Anyway, generally, um, I, after talking with Autumn, I started kind of like getting into it gradually. And I probably had maybe like one session a week, roughly. Um, but I gradually increased and just through all of these different ways that I've talked about, met with more and more people and had more sessions. And at my peak, I had about three to four co-writing sessions each week. I think there might've been one week that was pretty insane that I had five co-writing sessions in a week, which felt like a lot because that is a lot of songwriting in addition to, you know, already trying to do school homework and or internships and stuff. (laughs) But yeah, it was just, it was really, really fun to just do all of this and to, like I said, dive headfirst into it. Um, I should clarify that when I say a co-writing session, I just mean like a singular instance of getting together and working on writing a song. It doesn't always mean that you finish a song. Um, for me, I, I think probably roughly about 75 to 80% of my co-writing sessions, we actually did finish the song that very first time, or at least, you know, finish a complete draft of the song. So a verse, chorus, verse, chorus, maybe a bridge, chorus, um, just all of the sections of the song that need to be there. Um, Most of the time we were able to finish it, except a couple times, you know, we had to just schedule another session. And, you know, that's fine. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's not a good song because you weren't able to finish it really quickly. Um, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it meant that. Uh, sometimes there were times where I, we just mutually weren't feeling it. But overall, yeah, it, it was. I was amazed by how quickly we were able to write songs. And just just to walk you through, like, what does a typical co-writing session look like? Um, generally, it's so you you schedule it, you text about it, then you meet there at the scheduled time. I would usually have to try try to get there a bit early, uh, like five to ten minutes early, just to not feel super rushed before a co-writing session because you don't want to be feeling like stressed out right before you have to be creative. That's just not a good mix. And then so you meet up, you meet up together in the room. Again, I did most of my co-writing sessions just in the practice rooms, which almost all had a piano that you could work with. So I would go in there, um, wait for the other person. Uh, we would, when we met up, just like talk casually, like, Hey, how's it going? You know, um, just that kind of thing for about, uh, you know, 15, 20 minutes. If it was a friend that I really enjoyed talking with, maybe more like 30 minutes or a little bit more than 30 minutes. But at some point, you know, you have to be like, so, well, do you wanna do you wanna write a song? And then that kind of transitions into the 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 writing part of it. And what we would do is just start off by figuring out, okay, what do we wanna write about? You know, it's not 
Sometimes it was very like topic focused, like we would both share ideas for possible topics. Um, sometimes it's like, oh, well, I have this idea for this really intriguing song title, which then also comes along with a song concept. Um, whereas other times it'd be like, just like a cool phrase or like a couple lines of lyrics that one of us had come up with and, or maybe like a progression on piano or guitar or some sort of, uh, that kind of a thing. And it's just like, there's a lot of give and take in a co-writing session. You kind of have to put yourself out on a limb and just like throw out ideas, even if the other person thinks that they're bad ideas. And you just have to embrace that uncertainty. It's like, they may think that this idea is horrible, but that's fine. Then we don't have to use it. <laughs> but it's better to be generally over generous and throw out more ideas so that you have, you know, a basis from which to cut down and prune down to the the best ideas. Um, after you, you know, solidify what what is the song that we're going to be writing, and then it kind of gets into just the nitty gritty. Okay, let's just write the song. You know, writing the lyrics, writing the melodies. Um, if it's if you're writing from a track, so from an instrumental track that's already produced, then it's typically a lot more melody focused because it's really, um, especially if you're co-writing with someone who's a really confident singer, usually they can come up with these great melodies without any words. And then the, um, the, the trick is to try and write words that fit in with those melodies and don't, you know, uh, fight against those melodies or sound like they don't fit with those melodies. Um, other times it's more lyric focused where you're writing with guitar or piano and you're just kind of trying to figure out what you're trying to say first and foremost, and then writing the lyrics and then coming up with melodies to go around those lyrics. Um, yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's really tricky because you have to just come up with things and like usually both of us we would have our phones out and going through our notes and sometimes we'd be like on a shared like a google doc or other times we'd just be writing on our own individual notes and just like sharing things and like not being certain if it works but then the other person reacts to it in real time is <laughs> it's a very it, it's almost like a dance i want to say you know it's this okay here's my thing oh, you don't like that? Okay, what's your thing? What are your ideas? You know, sometimes one person is like really in the zone and they're coming up with all sorts of ideas and the other person is just basically reacting to those ideas saying, oh yes, I really like that. Oh no, I don't really like that. And other times it's more reciprocal where you're both um, more or less equally coming up with ideas. Or sometimes one person gradually writes more of the melodies and the other person more or less writes more of the lyrics. It kind of all depends. And overall, um, <laughs> the, the overall, the most consistent thing that I struggled with in co-writing sessions was just figuring out how to make lyrics that rhyme with the other lyrics and fit within the context of the melody that don't sound overly corny, you know? It's like, if all I had to do was to write lyrics that made sense and fit within a melody, that would be one thing. But to also have to make them rhyme, like, when I would do, th when I would do that step on my own, you know, back when I used to spend hundreds of hours writing songs, I could just 
at my own leisure, just go through a ton of different rhyming options. I could pull up different rhyming dictionaries and just like literally on my computer, like list out like 45 different options for what this line could be. But in a co-writing session, when you're sitting down with somebody in a room, you have to come up with ideas quickly just by the nature of the beast. And you have to figure out how to make the rhymes fit together. And I realized that I'm actually like that is that is a struggle for me. I mean, honestly, that's a struggle for everyone. But I did notice that generally, um, my my one of my I guess weaknesses or like areas for improvement in terms of co-writing is that other people were able to come up with these ideas that worked melodically and with the rhymes. They were able to come up with those ideas a lot faster than I was. So I went from thinking that, oh, well, my biggest strength about music is coming up with these melodic and lyrical ideas because that's how I had been doing it on my own, just going through all those options to being like, oh, well, I'm actually not sure if that is my strength, or at least it's not my strength to come up with really good ideas really, really quickly. Um, That being said, there were a few times when I, like, both of us knew that our time was running out, like, we had 10 to 15 minutes left in a co-writing session, and it's like, ah, we've only written a first verse and a chorus, and we still need to write an entire second verse, and we only have 15 minutes left. At that point, it's kind of like, well, we're either going to give up on the song or we're going to have to schedule another session to finish it, or (laughs) we could just miraculously finish writing a second verse in that 10 to 15 minutes left in the session. And there were a few times when I actually was able to pull through and do that to write a complete verse in just around 10 to 15 minutes because of the time constraint. (laughs) And that, I don't know, I've thought of it, I haven't really talked about this with anyone um, so this podcast is the first time I'm really, really talking about it, but just, uh, I feel bad saying that it's my superpower to do that because that sounds arrogant and cocky, but I guess, you know, if I talk enough negative things about how not good I am about coming up with rhymes or singing or all of those other things that I'm not great at, you know, I'm allowed to say, <laughs> I'm allowed to say that I'm good at at least one thing coming up with a verse really fast at the end of a co-writing session. And I should be less hard on myself. I know you listening to me, especially if you're my friend, you're probably like, Martin, don't be so hard on yourself. And that is also true. And I'm trying to not be so hard on myself. But um, yes, guys, it's been a crazy week. This last week has been crazy. (laughs) Um, Anyway, overall, in a co-writing session, I'm just always feeling like I'm walking a fine line between the things that come out of my mouth and the things that I think in my head. So if I'm working on a song with someone and we're trying to figure out how to, you know, close the end of the chorus in a way that makes sense and says what you're trying to say and, you know, fits to be the end of the chorus, and they're throwing out these ideas, and, you know, I have that first impulse reaction in my head of like, oh, that's, uh, I, I don't I don't know how I feel about that, or like, oh, that's maybe a little bit better, or, oh, that's, that's a horrible idea, or, oh, I really like that, I really love that idea. You know, I'm not going to say all of these thoughts out loud. I'm not going to share 
all of my reactions. And in general, in a co-writing session, like you can't share all of your reactions genuinely and still be a good co-writer, still be a compassionate human being, because you would need to just if you if you had no filter, you would end up just making people feel like garbage because, you know, they're just trying their best. They're just trying to come up with ideas that work. And whenever you're just like throwing ideas against the wall, you're going to have ideas that aren't great. But if every time you had a not good idea, someone was like, oh, I hate that. <laughs> like, that that would not be encouraging. That would not be conducive to a good co-writing environment. And I do understand that the way that I approach co-writing is different than the way that other people approach co-writing. You know, we all have our own individual ways that we go about it. And I'm probably on the more conservative side in terms of the the verbal feedback that I give to others' ideas. You know, um, I would assume that there are other people out there who would just unapologetically say, oh, I don't like that idea at all. Let's not do that, you know? <laughs> um and the thing is that I'm trying to, I don't know, be, be, be positive and encouraging. And if more than likely, if you show me an idea that I'm not so much a fan of, I'm going to be like, just more silent or like, okay, well, what if we did this instead? You know, one of the biggest things that I learned about co-writing, I forget if this was in a songwriting class or one of the music business seminars that I went to at Belmont, but you have to you have to suggest ideas. It's not enough to just turn down and reject what other people are saying. If you don't like an idea that they have, for the end of the chorus, then you better have an idea yourself that's just as good, if not better, than what they came up with, you know? And that's not always practical, you know, because sometimes you're just literally unable to think of an idea, which sucks. <laughs> that's kind of the nature of the beast. But it's, it's, it's this very strange mental exercise that goes into any co-writing session of trying to give appropriate critical feedback to the ideas that other people are coming up with, you know, because you do want to write the best song possible and you do genuinely want it to be good, but also being sensitive to the fact that they're a human being and you don't want to just crap all over all of those ideas. And honestly, <laughs> what made this easier for me in particular was because I was still so new to all of this and personally so like slow to come up with ideas on my own that i would be in a session and the the ideas that other people were coming up with were so you know even if they weren't amazing it was like yeah i like that and i'm not able to come up with something just as quick on my own right now and let's do it let's just go with it you know to a certain extent, you can't fully evaluate whether a particular idea for a line or a melody is good or not until you can see more of the complete picture of the song. So a line that at first you may have been skeptical about, later you might be like, oh, well, considering everything else we've written around that, that line actually really, really, really is good now and really works well. So yeah, I guess it's, it's, it's an interesting thing psychologically 
to do if you haven't done it. If you have done it, you probably know <laughs> what I'm talking about just in terms of this give and take and this being careful not to stomp out somebody else's ideas too harshly. Um, and I, I will say that although probably in more than half of the sessions that I was involved in, the, the other people definitely contributed more ideas than I did. There were still some sessions that I had where I was with people who either, you know, weren't feeling as creative that day or weren't as experienced with co-writing, weren't as experienced as I was. And I actually ended up pulling the weight in terms of coming up with lots of lines of lyrics and melodic ideas. The only thing is that... Those are the songs that didn't really go anywhere, you know? So most of the songs that I am the most proud of, I feel like the other person generally lifted more of the weight in terms of creating ideas for lyrics and melody. And that's so painful to admit because I'm basically saying that out of the songs that I'm really proud of, the songs that I've released onto Spotify that are co-writes with other people... In, in the majority of those cases, I did not come up with most of those ideas, or I mean, I'm, I'm being, I'm being hard on myself. Like I said earlier, I'm being hard on myself. I, I did come up with a good amount of ideas. And in any creative setting, in any collaborative creative setting, both people are necessary for the result that comes. You know, it would have been completely different if either person was on their own. But I guess all I'm trying to say is that I feel really insecure about my voice, about my singing ability. So when I'm with somebody, when I'm in a room writing with someone who is a very, very good singer, you know, they're typically able to come up with really great melodies. And I will contribute some of my own melodies, but I'm very insecure about my own voice. So I'm more hesitant to throw out melodic ideas. And if sometimes they they really like the melodies that I come up with, even if I can't personally recognize it. Maybe they're like, oh, that thing that you just did there, the da-da-da-da-da-da-da, or whatever it is, you know, that was a really cool melody, let's do it, you know, and then they'll sing the melody, and they will sing it so much better than I can. Um, So it's just this really strange thing of, like, I went from writing on my own and thinking that my biggest strengths were coming up with thoughtful lyrics and melodies, to then being in a co-writing room with other people and realizing not only how quickly they were able to come up with lyrical ideas, but how great the melodies they were able to come up with were, and especially coming from the fact that I was mostly writing with people who are, like, really, really great singers. (sighs) It's like, okay, well, (laughs) if I'm not so great of a lyricist, and if I'm not so great at coming up with melodies, at least comparatively to the other people that I'm co-writing with, then like, what are my strengths? What, what's my what's my biggest skill as a co-writer? And eventually, I realized that it was actually something that <laughs> I thought I was horrible at, you know? So, I learned that one of the ways that I could contribute more to a co-writing session and actually put my best foot forward is to be a lot more actively involved in producing the track for the session. And as a producer-writer, you know, 
I can then contribute those musical ideas, and those are really essential to how the song sounds. And then I can feel less insecure, less like I have a need to fill up so much of the space in the song with my own lyric and melody ideas, and more like I can just kind of, you know... Less, less, there's less pressure. You know, if I already put in the effort to produce a track beforehand and then we're coming up with lyric and melody ideas to go on top of that track, then it's like, okay, well, I don't need to feel pressured to put in all of this work to make sure that I have my own say in the lyrics because already the other person is acknowledging that they respect my abilities as a producer, which is just a crazy crazy turn of events from totally not caring about the production and always hiring out other people to do it and other session musicians and other people to mix it and stuff to then getting more involved in it on my own. And this will be much more in depth. I'm going to get into this in the next episode, how that all happened. But yeah, that's kind of my co-writing journey in a nutshell. Um, As a general disclaimer, I just want to clarify that even though I feel extremely insecure about my own ability to sing and to come up with melody ideas, you can still come up with great melody ideas not being a good singer. That is still very much an established thing. There are lots of songwriters who are not singers who do come up with melody and lyrics ideas. I don't mean to make this like a general sweeping statement that only great singers can come up with great melodies, because that's absolutely not true. Um, but being at a school, being at Belmont University, where I'm surrounded by a lot of people who write songs, a lot of them songwriting majors as well, like <laughs> it's just very difficult to be in that environment where I feel like I'm the worst singer out of everyone else around me. And that's not even what our major is. You know, there are people who major in commercial voice at Belmont, but singing is so critical to writing songs because somebody has to sing the song, you know? Um, so, so this is, that, that's just kind of what I felt like personally, but I do want to just be clear that that's not necessarily an overwhelming truth and that I have to work on my own insecurities with that. Even if I never sing a single song that I write, or at least if I don't sing on the final version that goes up on Spotify, Like, still, I can get better. I can be more confident in my voice, my ability to come up with melody ideas, and so on and so forth. But I think that's wrapping up the end of this episode. Um, Like I said, next week, I'll be getting more into the production side of things. Well, actually, next week, I have a guest on. But then the week after that will be the next episode in the series of me telling my story, and that will be about production. Anyway, what do I see? I see... Um, I see a mosquito bite on my elbow from when I was going into the forest. It's been a crazy week, you guys. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, have a wonderful time. Um, thank you so much for listening. I can't believe that there are still people who are still listening to my voice talking for 45 minutes into into the void like wow i really appreciate it that you guys have stuck with it and are listening to these episodes i could not be more grateful but have a good one and until next time